everyone. This is EJ Lawless, the host of HR Tech Go to Market, the best podcast on how HR tech and future of work companies go to market and helping with lessons learned. Today's guest is Alex Krakov. Alex is the founder of Doc, a cross-company collaboration software and the former VP of marketing of Lattice. We cover a number of great lessons about partner marketing, community building, and identifying ideal customer profiles. If you have any comments, questions, tips, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is elawless. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. I'm Alex Krakov. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Doc. Before this, I worked at a company called Lattice. I was really early stage there. I was the, the third employee who joined uh, Lattice and ran marketing the whole time up until April of last year. So I ran marketing from being kind of the, the only marketer to a team of 15 and kind of grew from a solo marketer to, to a VP of marketing. That's probably what I'm most well well known for. Before Lattice, I worked at an agency called Blue State Digital that did Obama's campaigns. So that's kind of where I, I really learned my, my marketing chops, kind of figured out how do you do product marketing and campaign marketing and different things like that. And that's why I owe them a lot to kind of my, my background. And, and then before that, I, I worked at Yelp. So I spent the last 10 plus years working in marketing and sales. And a lot of those experiences led me to, to, to create Doc and, and work on what I'm working on now. Yeah, that, that's great. Thanks, Alex. Would you also go into what Doc does and is? Yeah. So the way I think about Doc is that it's a collaborative workspace for anyone outside your company. And so sales teams use Doc to streamline demo follow-up and manage sales cycles. Customer success teams use Doc to onboard new customers and conduct business reviews. Founders use Doc to find product market fit and raise money from investors. Agencies and service firms use Doc to, to set up a client portal and share deliverables. And so across these range of use cases, I think Doc's value kind of remains the same. It's just an easy way for customers or external parties to work with your company. And so with Doc, your customers will have a single destination to access that information. And these workspaces host all the information you want to share with the company that gets shared back and forth with the customer. So, you know, examples can be like your marketing one pager, your product demos, your sales pitch decks, your training videos, project timelines, and, and honestly, whatever you want. They're very flexible workspaces. And within these workspaces, the customers can download, you know, information, watch videos, leave comments, and collaborate on shared project plans. And so we think it's just a much better way to kind of do B2B. It's a much better way for you to kind of work with people outside your your company, whether it's your, your customers, investors, kind of whoever those people are to you. Mm, that's interesting. Okay. So it's this shared workspace. I'm working with some other type of company or organization. It's one place for us to go. And that is, you know, I think probably ideal and better than having Google Drive and a lot of emails and, you know, that shared Slack space that sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. Is, is yeah. that really what you're replacing and the problem you're solving? Yeah, exactly. You know, I think what, what what's interesting today is there's so many different software solutions out there. There's so many different ways of people for, for working and it's all kind of still trapped in email and people are going back and forth. And so Doc in some ways is, is an aggregator, right? It's a centralized place to kind of put all that information and streamline things for, for both sides, right? Like customers love Doc because it really helps to simplify their workflow. They always know where to go when they need something. And it also helps like your customer champion on the other side with the information they need to kind of, you know, have those conversations with internal stakeholders. And then kind of on the internal side of things, companies love Doc because it helps them build a repeatable process. It really helps them to kind of templatize your a specific process, whether it's you know, your demo follow-up or an enterprise mutual action plan or customer onboarding, end user training, whatever it is. But it's a way for a company to really specify how client-facing teams should work with customers. 
And in the past, people would set up like a, a drive folder for a lot of the stuff. But I think, you know, the big difference between Doc and like Google Drive and, and a Dropbox folder uh, is that Doc really can help you tell a story. It can help you really kind of organize all the content information in a way that that really kind of separates you from the competition, shows your value to to the customers. And, and the cool thing is we give you analytics along the way. And so you can really get insights into to understand like the health of the relationship and really kind of refine the content and things that you're putting in front of customers. Yeah, that, that's interesting. As we talk about it more, you know, I think about like my CPA that I'm working with and it's this firm and they built this whole software package to have one place to talk about these documents and work back and forth. And before that, the previous CPA just had like a shared doc sort of like a Google Drive and I had no idea where things were going. It was more secure. And so now actually it's this sort of like creating this custom space that is unique to working with multiple parties through a sort of bundled together so- software platform, right? Yeah. It's like making... Uh, that's neat. You know, I, I definitely want to talk about Doc. I think you also have an interesting founding story on Doc. And so do you mind, let's say, let's talk about how you came up with Doc and then use that as a jumping point and probably circle back if that works? Yep, that, that sounds like a good plan. So <clears throat> the idea of Doc kind of came about at, during my time at Lattice. And so the, the quick story with Lattice is like we were moving up market, right? We, were, we, were, we started selling to like SMBs and then we were, we were selling to kind of bigger and bigger customers or, or trying to at least. And, you know, I was the VP of marketing. My job was to really partner with the sales team to figure out, okay, how do we present our story in, in, in sort of, you know, the right way and in a compelling way to also help the champion, the HR buyer on the other side, really advocate, be able to advocate for Lattice to all the internal stakeholders. And so the idea and the thing that, that we built was this thing called a partner portal. So I was really into Webflow at the time, me and my, my co-founder, Luke, you know, we're really into Webflow and kind of playing around with it on nights and weekends. And so we created this part partner portal, which was essentially like a, a personalized microsite that our sales team could, could send over to, to the HR buyer. Right. And it's something we did like two, two, three years ago. You know, it worked pretty well. It was in Webflow. Like it wasn't quite a, a real, real product, but it, like it kind of got the job done. So that happened a couple of years ago. And then, you know, I kind of got, you know, I had a focus on Lattice. I was not thinking about, you know, building a different, different company, but I looked back on the usage of that partner portal and it was pretty crazy. You know, the, the Lattice sales team had built like something like 600 of these different microsites for people. And so I was like, all right, there's something really here. And, you know, with, with COVID a couple of years ago, uh, and I was kind of coming to my time, you know, I'd been at Lattice for five years. I'd always wanted to start a company. I was like, okay, there's something here. We should basically productize kind of what we were doing in Webflow and make it a lot better. And then kind of since then, we've, we've expanded the concept of Doc to not just be about sales, but to be about sort of anyone outside your company. So sale, you know, prospects and sales, customers and customer success, founders and investors, agencies and, and their clients, things like that. So I don't know. That's kind of how. Yeah. How that, that's, that's really neat. I mean, I don't think there are a lot of stories where I think if you'd mentioned before, maybe this came out of a hackathon. Is that what you, you said? Uh, it wasn't that wasn't quite a hackathon. Wasn't uh, it was quite more a like a, a nights and weekend project. Yeah. Okay. It was a nights and weekend. So you know, I think the idea that you solve this pain point that you had at a company, and you're like, actually, this can be something that solves a pain point for lots of people. I think that's a really interesting founding story. Yeah. And then as I started to like investigate this space, I sort of you know drew on previous experiences I had. You know, like when I was at that agency, Blue State Digital, I kind of had what you described before of like. When I was working with a client, I would have my master Google Doc that linked out to all the other deliverables and the agenda and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Or I've done similar things in Notion too. And I was like, there's got to be a better way and a really purpose-built built software for you know client-facing teams. 
And I was really curious why that didn't exist. And there's some people kind of floating around in this world and on sort of different angles of it, but I thought no one was actually doing it. And so I was like, okay, there's a really interesting opportunity here. And, you know, I was like, I've always wanted to start a company and, you know, it felt, felt kind of like the right timing and right idea. Yeah, that, that's cool. It, you know, one thing I listened to the podcast you did with Pep Laja, you had talked about how you were using community at Lattice and you were using Slack community. And it almost seems like you have this very community, community oriented marketing vibe because you're like, hey, how do we bring people together in Slack? How do we bring people together in this product that you're working on? Do you think that's that's true? Is that a good way to look at it? Or is it just sort of you have tools and you use the tools at different times? Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. I mean, that's like basically what I learned at, at Blue State Digital, that agency. Like they were masters at building communities online. And so they first did it for like President Obama, right? When a, a presidential campaign is really about figuring out, okay, who are your community of supporters? Who are people you need to sort of move over from, you know, maybe someone who's, who's in the middle and, and, you know, will come and vote, you know, for the Democratic Party or whatever. And so they were really good at building communities. And that's where I kind of built those skills. And a lot of that agency work was building communities for, you know, different brands and advocacy organizations. So I did work with like the California Hospital Association to build a community. I built these big communities and partnership with Google. And so when I started work at Lattice, a lot of my frame around marketing was around community building online. And that was one of the reasons why we decided to pursue the, the Slack community. And, you know, in the end, that was probably one of the biggest most important bets that I made at Lattice was investing into content and community because that is really what sort of grow that grew that business. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. It also feels like that is one of the big avenues or big frontiers on marketing that will just continue to grow. You know, thinking about this Lattice experience, so with Lattice, it's, I would say, people management, performance management platform. Is that right? So it really helps employers understand who are their strong performers, who needs some additional help, analytics, engagement. Is that is that correct? Yep. Yep. That's that's generally right. I think what, what Lattice did that was pretty novel was basically, you know, everyone was used to kind of the the once a year annual performance review that that kind of left a lot to be desired on both on both sides. And I think where, where Lattice, you know, really created a new solution in the market was this idea around continuous performance management and really taking it from just kind of a once a year sort of thing to making it you know, every day, every week, and because your your performance conversation should be ongoing with your manager. You know, if you're just hearing about it in a performance review, it's it's probably too late. And I think Lattice sort of started there and has really kind of moved beyond that to this concept of people strategy, right? In the same way that companies have sort of your your marketing strategy and your sales strategy and your product strategy, it's probably more most important that you need your people strategy because at the end of the day, the people at your company uh, are are your most important asset. And I think that is kind of the future of, of the Lattice platform. Like most HR tech kind of focus on the back end, kind of mm-hmm. boring side of HR, your compliance and your payroll and your benefits and things. Whereas Lattice is really focused on kind of the front end uh, side of HR. It's like where your, your managers and your employees and everyone's kind of working together to, to kind of build a high performing and engaged team. Got it. Thanks. That, that helps. And so then I think about your market at the Lattice's time. And so you were going SMB. Were you selling into an HR generalist at that point? 
Yeah, I think so. You know, Lattice was like a YC company, and I think really started by selling to, to other YC companies, which mm-hmm. is you know a pretty common uh, mm-hmm. path for 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 that group. And so we were selling to other startups like Lattice, and I think. When you're selling to other startups in HR, the sort of SMB persona is somebody I, I like to think of as like the accidental HR person. And so oftentimes it's the founder who's kind of just has to do the payroll and the benefit stuff, but then also eventually realizes they have to start doing performance reviews and one-on-ones as the team expands. And then sometimes it gets passed off to... Um, you know, like the office manager who's doing some more HRE things. And then eventually it is like an HR generalist who helps, but oftentimes startups will hire a recruiter before they hire an HR generalist. So it's a really interesting mix. And some companies wait a long time before they, probably too long before they hire like a formal HR person. Do you think of the category that Lattice is in as an existing category or something that was really being created? Were you sort of helping to create this idea of continuous performance management? Yeah, it was an existing category. I mean, performance management is a category. It's on everyone's budget. It's a category that, you know, like uh, success factors from a technology standpoint mm-hmm. really helped to establish like in the early 2000s. And even before that, you know, Jack Welch and GE and kind of all of that, that work that happened over there really helped to set it up across like corporate America. But I think we are kind of a new twist on an existing category. And then since then, we've expanded our Lattice expanded. And so one example of that was, you know, like Lattice had performance management and then expanded into employee engagement. You know, those surveys Mm -hmm. that employees get to see kind of how engaged they are. We were the first company in history to combine those two to combine the performance data set and the engagement data set. And that that, to, that led to really powerful insights, right? You could finally answer a question like, are my top performers happy? And we were one of the first companies to really kind of connect those software. And so, yeah, it's like a remix on an existing category for kind of the, the modern way of working is how I think about it. Got it. So it seems like that would naturally lend itself to content, SEO content or other types of content talking about, hey, here's a different way of doing this. Were there other paid channels that you use to sort of promote that awareness? Like, how do you think about the marketing funnel and mix at something like Lattice? Because then I want to definitely compare it to your experience at Doc from the yeah. complete ground flare floor. Yeah. I mean, I think generally how I think about it is you need like two things in marketing, right? You need, you need your content and then you need your distribution. And so content can come across in many different forms, right? It can be a podcast like this. It can be an ebook. It can be an article. It can be a guide. It can even just be like ad creative, right? And then you you distribute in different ways. Right. And so, you know, you push it out on your social media channels, you send it to your email list, you share it with different partners and things like that. And so those are kind of the two coins of marketing is you need really good content and things that get people's attention. And then you need to kind of have these channels in a way to actually reach people on the other side. So when it came to distribution side, I'll start there. You know, from a social standpoint, LinkedIn was super powerful for us, right? Because we were able to, it's expensive, but we were able to target our exact persona, who was the HR buyer. And we were able to drive expensive clicks from LinkedIn LinkedIn, and then retarget them kind of cheaper on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and, and things like that. Our founders, Twitter was also Jack's. Twitter was also really helpful, I think, in just driving general brand awareness within the tech community. And then over time, I think the, the most important thing for literally every SaaS company is the strength of their email list. And so the bigger the email list, the stronger you are. And email lists have kind of 
you know, different, different quality levels. You know, there's your cold emails that you're buying. There's your, your warm emails who just signed up. There's like partner emails that you're getting. And so we ran a lot of different campaigns and programs just to kind of build up our email list, whether it was driving, you know, people from LinkedIn or partnering with like somebody like Bamboo, Bamboo HR to do shared content. And a lot of these distribution mechanisms were not necessarily, you know, saying, Hey, buy lattice. Hey, buy lattice. You know, it was not quite like that sort of ad. It was more about, Hey, join our community, learn, network with each other. You know, here's how you should think about performance reviews. It was all really like sort of top of funnel stuff that was really about the, the discipline and what we were trying to, the change we were trying to see in the world. And then, you know, the way I think about it is that if you, you want to provide value to people sort of before they're ready to buy. And if you're able to do that, they'll think of you when they're, when, when the time comes, when they're ready to look for performance management solution. And so that's kind of how I thought about the content we were putting out there for Lattice. There's a lot of great things there. You know, I think partner marketing and using lists is a real skill. And, and I think it's a harder one to build because not every company is willing to share their list, right? Or co-market another company. I'm curious how you thought about making that that work was yeah. there an approach you took was it yeah go ahead it, it is it's interesting i mean what's what's funny about the hr tech space is there's a lot of like frenemies as i describe it and so you know bamboo hr is one of was one of lattice's best partners and still is to this day and the way the hr eco tech ecosystem is set up is there's like your core hr you know like bamboo or adp and then they offer like a little piece that's kind of like lattice but it's not quite as good. So they integrate with us mm -hmm. and it helps make their core platform stickier. And so I basically started by approaching kind of our technology partners and seeing, okay, how do you kind of get your foot in the door? And it depends, like, like especially when you have a really small email list, like you don't have a lot of value to kind of give them. And so the value I could give them was a couple of things. One was content, right? And so I would go to different people and say, hey, you don't need to do anything for this webinar or for this ebook except promote it to your list and we'll do all the work. We'll write the entire ebook. You can put it on your website or we'll be, we'll do all the work for, for the webinar. Cause a lot of companies are just looking for, for extra content to put out there in the world. And so that was one kind of tactic I used as a really small company to kind of, you know, build up our brand when we didn't really have much of an email list at all. You know, another tactic is frankly like some, some sponsorship dollars. You know, a lot of different communities and companies online, you know, for five, 10, 15, 20 K, you know, you can sponsor webinars, you can sponsor ebooks and the collection of those different, you know, like sort of campaigns can help build up your email list over time and sort of all of the stuff funnels back into your email list. And then as your email list grows, sort of the more power you have and the more negotiating power you have with different, with different partners. Another tactic we, we kind of used, especially as, as Lattice grew, and we had this really big virtual conference where we had like 42,000 people, people RSVP. This is like five, five years later from the wow. beginning. Um, is we never charge people sponsorship dollars. We would just ask them to promote, um, and have promotion commitments for, for the yeah. conference. And so instead of giving us 50K to sponsor, it was like, mm -hmm. no, drive 10,000 leads. And so that was kind of another way that we really built up our our list and kind of the partner Did, program over time. That's an interesting tactic. Had you seen that somewhere else before, or was that something that you experimented your way into? It was something I think I experimented my way into. Maybe I did see it once, but that was like a thing that I, I was definitely very principled on because, you know, certain people, you know, the, the status quo is to, to charge sponsorship dollars. And I was like, nope, I don't, because like, you know, 
we were in the luxury of we didn't necessarily need the money, right? Like a SaaS company sponsorship dollar revenue is not that, that good quality revenue. So you're only trying to like drive up your subscription revenue. Yeah. Hmm, that makes sense. You know, I think you've been pretty open looking at you have your, your newsletter, you have t- uh, your Twitter account. You talk about what you've been doing. And it looks like you were able to talk some about what you were doing at Lattice on the marketing side. Is that right? Were you able to write about your marketing experiments while at Lattice? Yeah, I tried to. I think, you know, you know, Jack, who's the CEO founder, was super encouraging to me and kind of building my own brand and, and getting my stories out there. And, you know, I think it's it's just hard to find the time, to be honest, like to write sure. good content and put it out there. So that's like the biggest limiting factor is writing a blog post just takes time and effort. And, you know, and in the course of really running a marketing program or now running a company, it's it's hard. And yeah, I've thought about like, oh, am I giving up super competitive you know, information to different people are kind of giving out, you know, like giving someone else a playbook. But I think what I've really found in marketing is it all comes down to execution and speed and quality. And so you can go read everything uh, on my blog or anything I put out there, but it's like, it can be hard to replicate unless you, you know, really execute against it. And then of course, there's certain things that I did hold back or still hold back that, you know, I, I wouldn't want everyone doing. <laughs> okay, so, so you do have some secrets that you're not sharing necessarily. Uh, kind of, yeah. Over time, but it's not. But I'm pretty open about everything because I do believe like it's all execution at the at the end of the day. I have a question for you. So I know you wrote about your billboard advertising experience, and that was a few years ago. You know, I've seen Workato, Rippling, Lattice, Hirect. I see a lot of HR tech companies do out of home and billboard advertising. Do you have any sense of why you think HR tech is so likely to do that? Or do you think I just maybe just notice the HR tech once? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know exactly why HR tech is doing a lot of the billboards. I think you might just be. Yeah, that might be my own selection bias. Yeah. But what's interesting about HR tech and one of the ways I sort of thought about the, you know, the billboard program is, you know, we have a really like specific buyer who's an HR person and there's not tons of HR people out there in the world, like, you know, we put a lot of billboards in San Francisco. Like I bet you what under 1% of the San Francisco population, probably way less is like in the HR profession, but pretty much everyone in the city, if you work at a company could be a user of doc, mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, of, of Lattice. And so you might not be the buyer, but you, you could be a user. And by putting the billboards out there, you can kind of build affinity for a company across all the different stakeholders, whether it's the CEO, the leadership team, the managers, or sort of just your, your regular employee. And so I thought that, you know, our messaging that we put on the, the billboards was would be obviously like more angled to HR, but it really needed to speak to a whole company. And so maybe that's kind of one reason why HR companies sort of do the billboard thing a little bit more than others. Mm, got it. So you may not be the buyer, but almost everyone in a company is going to be a user and there's only a handful of pieces of software where that's probably true. And so it kind of builds that brand awareness and consideration. Going back to Doc, you know, you talked about having the sales piece and that was the sort of launching point for you. How do you think about identifying the ideal customer profile persona at Doc from the, the ground stages up? Yeah. And then how do you think about the expansion of it over time to sort of say like, okay, we can serve more customers? Yeah, it's a the persona for Doc is is very interesting because it's a little bit different than the Lattice challenge, right? Lattice was really about like one single sort of title at a company, right? An HR persona. 
Whereas Doc, what we're trying to do is actually sort of capture the full revenue team to start, right? So sales, customer success, have marketing involved, founders, and then the people who work around a marketing team like agencies and service firms. And so it definitely makes, we have a lot more sort of personas to juggle with, with, with Doc. And I think what we're trying to do is build this like horizontal platform that works across a variety of those different personas. I think to help focus ourselves, the way I think about it is it's really about like the revenue team getting sales, customer success, and marketing working well together. And then founders kind of on the, the earlier phase of that, if they can start to build their process. And I think what I've found as I've really kind of gone into the, the doc experience is there's a lot of really specific workflows that companies have that doc can really level up, whether that's customer onboarding or demo follow-up or conducting a business review, things like that. And so in some ways, we're focusing on kind of the workflow and kind of backing into the persona. Like, I don't know if we will have a, a Slack community for doc around a specific persona. I think it'll kind of play out a little bit differently. And then the the other big angle on it is like around kind of company size, I think is probably the, the biggest like unification across all those different personas is, you know, we're starting an SMB too, like SMB and mid-market just because to build technology and software, you know, it's hard to go straight to the enterprise. It's a really iterative process. And so, you know, we want to start small and then kind of build that over time. So we're mainly focusing on like technology companies who have a small kind of growing uh, revenue team is kind of how I think about it. Okay. So company size, revenue team, growing. How do you think about the messaging that works? Like what do you hone in on that gets people interested? And maybe as part of this question, this feels like a new category to me. Do, do you agree with that? And so then if that's true, yeah, the, the messaging piece, I'm, I'm curious how you think about yeah. identifying the messaging within a new category. Yeah. And I'm still figuring out the messaging, to be honest. You know, I think like the way I think about it is there's like your platform level messaging and it's really about like, what is this new thing? You know, I think because it's, as you said, it's like kind of a new category, which I can touch on in, in a minute, but it's like just describing what the hell is doc. Like we can't have sort of too uh, fluffy of messaging on, on the marketing website or people won't you know know what it is. If you're just like close more revenue or something, it's like, okay, that could work for a lot of different, you know, software companies out there. And so I'm trying to be really clear around, okay, doc is a collaborative workspace for anyone outside your company. That's kind of our platform level messaging. And then we have different messaging um, pillars for each of the different personas. You know, sales gets a certain set, customer success gets one, founders get one. And it's all a little bit more of the what. And so for sales, it's like manage enterprise sales cycles. For customer success, it's onboard new customers. For founders, it's, you know, raise money from investors. And, you know, the cool thing about digital marketing is you can really target all those different messaging. And so if we're sort of doing it correctly, you know, the, 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 the salespeople won't see the customer success messaging, the founders won't see the customer success ones and, and so on and so forth. And so that's kind of how I think about, I guess, like the messaging pillar and framework. I think we are creating a new category, but there are existing workflows, if that makes sense. It's like Doc in some ways is a remix of different uh, software platforms. And the way I think about the market is there's like three different buckets, roughly. There's like all these legacy sales enablement players. You think of like your, your high spots, your seismic, your show pads of the world that have a little feature that's like Doc, but it, they've really focused on more on like sales enablement and training. And then there's kind of an emerging category of new startups who are focused on kind of like 
shared project plans. And then I think where most people are doing and what most people are, where we're kind of really competing with is the existing tools that you already use. And so Google Docs, Notion, Microsoft Suite, you do a lot of these different workflows with, within there, but you're not kind of getting the same sort of software experience for like a purposeful built software for sales and CX teams. And so I think we can really kind of compete with the notions of the world, the Microsoft Words of the world, the Google Docs of the world, if we really focus on the sales and CX use case. And, you know, simply like hooking it up with Salesforce or HubSpot and adding analytics, you know, makes it a much more powerful offering for, for, for those people. And so we've kind of taken like little bits and pieces from kind of each of these different markets. And, you know, I think over time, it really will be a, a pretty unique platform that people can use. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. So like, as you're talking about it, the problem exists. The problem is not new. If anything, more and more people will probably face this problem, right? As organizations grow and scale or as more people freelance, like there's going to be more outside collaboration work. There are existing solutions that tackle pieces of this problem, but they don't try to fully address it. And you're able to fully address it do integrations that make sense to solve this problem. And then I think from there, create sort of effectively a software category around this cross-collaboration workspace. Yeah, because I think what I've found is like your traditional workspace, like let's take Notion as an example. It's an incredible tool. There's so much you can do in there, but it, it can be hard to scale because there's so many different angles to take it, right? It can be an internal wiki. It can be a place where you're just collaborating on an article and different things like that. And so as you hire more people into a company, it can be hard for people to sort of know what to focus on and know what the reason why they're kind of logging into that tool. And so I think what we're doing with Doc is like, you're creating a purposeful built tool for client facing teams. So they know exactly what they do when they go in there. There's a template that they can start from that really helps them kind of build this repeatable process. And then as a leadership team, you can really kind of control what that process looks like for the end user. For both the for both the end user like the sales and CX rep, but also the customers on the other side. And so, yeah, I think there's like an interesting opportunity to sort of standardize a lot of the work that was kind of done in, in like your traditional workspace tools. That makes that makes sense. So now that you're launching the company, you're in charge of marketing and you're founding. How do you prioritize your time around go to market customer growth? Yeah. What are you focused on? <laughs> it's an interesting question. You know, it's funny, like I haven't spent as much time on marketing as maybe I would have thought I, I would. I think the most important thing for me during this stage in the past year has been really like customer and product development. And so just talking to people, learning about their workflows, how do they think about their the current tools that are out there, and then synthesizing that and kind of putting it back into the product and working with my, my two co-founders and the the engineers that we have to really build a great product. And so I'm probably spending more time as like a product researcher and product manager. And then I'm spending a lot of time on like, you know, sales demos and, you know, it was like customer development calls early. And now it's kind of been more and more sales demos. And so, you know, probably the biggest marketing work I've done is really just kind of trying to circle in on what our messaging is, right? Trying to get a really good sense of how do our customers really think about the problems. And so 
I guess you could call it, you know, product marketing, right? Is kind of how I'm thinking about positioning. And then we start to really sort of build a marketing foundation is how I, I think about it. And so we've tried to really invest into our marketing website, obviously built in, in Webflow and kind of get that get that set up. We've been investing into to SEO. It hasn't really paid off yet. It takes some time, but I figured that's kind of a good foundation for us to start on. And then I've experimented a little bit with some outbound emails and paid ads, but nothing really substantial. And then sort of the big thing we are working towards now is we are going to plan kind of more of a, a public launch where you'll be able to just sign up and use the product. And that should maybe happen sort of beginning of April, let's say. And so around that, there'll be a little bit more of your traditional marketing launch. And then from there, I'm planning to like really sort of turn the dial up and invest more um, into marketing. And I think that'll look like pretty much like content marketing, right? We're going to put a lot of content out there in the world, show that we're smart around the topics, you know, that, that our customers care about. And then hopefully, you know, they'll find out about Doc and kind of use us that way. Okay, great. And so on that, you know, as you're doing this customer discovery, are you taking notes like, okay, this is how customers talk about it. And then does that feed your content machine later on? Um, kind or, of. or are you doing yeah. more the traditional SEO approach of keyword identification and then writing and seeing what people write and, and it's sort of that way? Yeah, it's a little bit more the latter. Like I definitely have focused more on just keyword identification and then writing articles against it. But the conversations with customers, I think, really help to synthesize how we talk about it and the words that that we use, and definitely give me different sort of article ideas. But I think I think I really know our customer because, in some ways, I also am the customer. Right? I built a tool that I feel like I really wanted and needed in the world, and so I feel like I, you know, both am learning a lot from different customer conversations, but I also really understand the use case myself. And I think I understand what, you know, salespeople are searching for on Google and customer success. And a lot of that's kind of forming you know, our content strategy. Yeah. You know, thinking about established markets like performance marketing versus the one where you're defining it, I imagine it's a lot easier to just pump dollars into the former. You're like, okay, we have a customer. They know they have a problem. They know there's a solution to their problem. We just need to get in front of them about mm-hmm. it. it. Where in your situation currently, you have to really educate people that yeah, you have the problem, but by the way, there's a solution that's going to make this easier. And so it feels like a different marketing and go-to-market approach. What do you think on that? So I actually think we get to do both, which is cool. I think at the platform level, it's exactly what you said, where we need to teach people that this is a new way of working and it's a new type of platform. And we need to educate people around what a collaborative workspace is and kind of show them how that's better and different than using Google Docs or Notion or something like that. But we also get the luxury of having really specific workflows and search terms that we can plug into, you know, like customer onboarding is a, you know, is a great example of that. Like customer success teams are looking for new customer onboarding tools all the time and there's different flavors and there's an established G2 category. And so we Mm -hmm. kind of can go after those different, you know, workflows and that's like plugging into something that people are already looking for. But at the platform level, we really need to do a lot of that kind of education. And then I think the the other big education piece and something, you know, is like, why does this all need to fit together? You know, why does sales, why should sales work in the same place as customer success? You know, people always want those two teams to be more aligned, but historically they use different tools and that makes it really hard. You know, sales is using Salesforce, customer success is using Gainsight or something like that. And they don't quite talking to each other in the right way. And so my hope with Doc is that we can kind of create this unified platform for your whole revenue team, for sales and customer success and marketing to really all 
work work together to kind of put your best foot forward for the customer. Yeah, it's helpful. I, I don't know if you ever listened to to Ben Thompson or read his stuff, but he just did an interview with Parker Conrad from from Rippling. And there's some parallels in how you're talking about this go-to-market approach. So Rippling is automating these different workflows inside the company. Mm-hmm. And Parker talks about identifying specific workflows and going after those. And then also having built out other workflows. And it, it's almost like this rebundling of SaaS. It sounds like that you have a similar approach now. It's obviously a different type of customer segment and issue, but it's interesting yeah. that you're able to do that. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of Parker. I think he's probably one of the best SaaS founders out there in the world today. And I think Rippling will, will be a massive company. He has a phrase, and I think he called it like like the supermarket startup or something like that, where mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Parker went after so many different things. And he, like the traditional startup advice is focused on one problem. Parker did the exact opposite where he went after like multiple different workflows all at the same time. And it took him a number of years to like get that platform in a position. But now obviously Rippling, I think will be a hundred billion plus company because there's so many sort of different revenue streams they can get. It's payroll, it's benefits. uh, It's like the IT stuff and things like that. And so, yeah, I think you're exactly right. Is like, there's a huge opportunity for doc to do this for all the external workflows outside that company. And I think if we're, we're really successful in some ways. We will create almost like a, a new network between companies, a new way for companies to communicate and work with each other that exist outside of, you know, traditionally email and Google Docs and those things today. So, you know, we'll sort of see how far in that journey we go. I think something I've learned is startups are so iterative and you just kind of figure it out as you go, but that's kind of what we're, we're marching towards. Yeah, that that is an interesting vision. This sort of like cross company operating system. This is how companies work together. Yeah, and there was a you know an old phrase from early internet like the extranet, right? The extranet, like yep. Connection between companies, and so you know that didn't quite happen the way I think everyone thought maybe in the late nineties, early two thousands. But I think if Doc is successful, it might be a flavor of, of what that could be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, how do you are you doing any audience building right now that you think is specific to Doc? I'm trying to, as I have more time. time. So if like this podcast is one example, tweeting when when I can, writing blog posts when I have a time, it's honestly been harder than I thought to find the time. I think if you talked to me this time last year, right before I quit Lattice, I was like, oh, I'm going to spend the next year of my life audience building all this. And I think what I found is dock the product and really understanding what customers need and how do you synthesize that into a product takes up a lot of just my brain space. And that's what I'm mm-hmm. thinking about. And so it's harder for me to sort of just think about ideas for like marketing content and things to share. I think that will evolve over time. But like my main thing that keeps me up at night, I'm talking all the time about is just product market fit. Mm-hmm. So that's one, you know, that's my, been my main focus. My hope is that the back half of this year, I really kind of sort of go deeper into audience building and do more of those partner programs that we kind of did with Lattice, probably start my own podcast video series, something nice. like that, because, you know, it, it, it really works. Like it really works for Lattice. It just so much of B2B is just building trust. And so mm. the best way to build trust is like by having an audience who, who, who believes in you and wants to listen to you. And so I think it's just like a core part of any B2B company today. Do you think it would have been either possible or advisable to try to build an audience for Doc while you were at Lattice? I kind of tried to do it a little bit. You know, okay. that's like I started blogging because of, I knew I was going to start a company eventually. And, you know, I don't have a huge email list or anything like that. And my traffic on my site's pretty, pretty small, but it did give me a really nice little audience that I could kind of launch Doc 
too. And nice. all of those people were the people um, who were like my early customer development conversations. And so, yeah, like I have a very small audience. I am not, I would not uh, consider myself to have, have like a really meaningful one at all, but even just publishing a couple things online, getting it out there has been really helpful and sort of people like trusting me as a person and building my own brand, but then also kind of the early go to market for doc. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Are there any lessons that you learned at Lattice that you were able to take with you to doc? And then I think the counterpart to that question is what things did you have to unlearn? Yeah, good question. So the, the, I think the biggest maybe lesson that's been relevant to doc at this stage is I really was sort of shocked at how Jack and Eric, who are the founders of, of, of Lattice, really like built the product. Like I always thought you built product kind of more closer to like Apple, where it's like, you know, you go into a garage, you make this amazing thing, you reveal it to the world, and then they buy it and you're kind of done. And I think little did I learn just how iterative hmm. software development is and the way what I learned from watching Jack was I feel like he basically like networked lattice into existence just by talking to people, understanding their use cases, sort of charming his way onto different calls and conversations. And, you know, a lot of those people maybe weren't customers right away, but it really built the brand love. It started to kind of kick the the, the brand in, into market. And all, all those people eventually, you know, did become customers. And so this idea of like almost networking a company into existence is one thing that I, I think I really learned from watching Jack and just how do you have those like customer development conversations that are not like super salesy. And then something that maybe I unlearned, it's maybe more of like a, a shock to the system where it's like, okay, I, at, at Lattice, I, you know, started basically in the same position we were at Doc. Like I was the third employee there. I had to do everything myself. But then over time at Lattice, I became, you know, not just a manager, but a manager of managers. And I didn't have to like write every blog post and post on social. You know, I would sort of, you get to do more strategy and just like more talking. And so it was definitely a little bit of a shock to the systems like, oh, shit, I got to go back. I have to send these outbound emails myself again. I have to write mm -hmm. every blog post. I have to post everything on, on social. And so kind of just remembering what it feels mm -hmm. like. And, you know, it's, what's funny is like early stage is just so much execution. And so, you know, you spend a lot of time doing things that are like not that fun, you know, day to day. Yep. But you know that it's kind of building to this much bigger, bigger thing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I hear you on that and going back to the beginnings of just doing everything on the execution hand. Alex, I really appreciate your time today. You know, before we go, I just want to give you a chance to shout out uh, your uh, doc, the website and your blog as well. Sweet. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. So yeah, if you wanted to, to try doc, go to doc.us to, to sign up. Probably by the time this airs, we'll have a free trial live where you can always re request a demo. And then yeah, go check out my my newsletter, kracov.co, K-R-A-C-O-V dot co uh, and you can sign up for my newsletter and i publish there semi regularly maybe maybe once a month or so so yeah thanks for having me on yeah absolutely appreciate it alex thank you mm -hmm.